Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Introducing the greatest animated series you've never seen, Lightning Dogs. These canine commandos are lost on a post-apocalyptic earth and battling the forces of the evil Glampire. It's a tribute to the cartoons and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, and Nerdy Show is hell-bent on bringing it to life. Block sold separately. Join us as we document our quest from the moment lightning struck to every world-building session and beyond and make our crazy dream a reality. Roll with the pack at lightningdogs.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom. From comics and video games to science and technology, if it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. Hey, I'm Doug. Oh, it, oh I'm Adam, I think. Yes, Adam. <laughs> I'm Josh. Hey, I'm Paul. That's right. Doug and I are chilling with a substantial chunk of the Ghostbusters Resurrection <laughs> crew. <laughs> Why is that? No spoilers. Without spoiling, we're going to be recording something for Ghostbusters. <laughs> but what we're doing today is we're recording a Nerdy Show microsode. That's where we talk about what you want us to talk about for 15 minutes or so. And in this case, Anti-Luke wants us to talk about Westerns. He says, at the time I made the donation that qualified him for this microsode, mm-hmm. I was in Alaska where I was working 16-hour shifts at a salmon processing plant, and my eight hours off was firmly reserved for sleep. One of the small creature comforts allowed to us where I worked was having headphones in while we worked. So the massive nerdy show backlog I had developed is one of the things that helped me remain somewhat sane while I went through hell up there. It's hard to think up a microsode subject I'd be interested in that hasn't already been covered by another microsode or in greater detail, but I think I'll have to go with westerns. By itself, not really a nerdy subject. But I can fucking nerd out about Sergio Leone, and hopefully there's someone there who has a personal preference for a protagonist's hat color as well. (laughs) I think we should just do a microsode about that guy. (laughs) About about Anti-Luke? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us your story. That's a pretty exciting backstory. (laughs) If Anti-Luke meets Luke, do they annihilate? (laughs) What about about Nega-Luke? Is he just like third? uh, He watches. (laughs) There's Shadow Luke. Well, we do have we have two Lukes on staff at Nerdy Show, Luke McDuffie and also Luke Stram, the game master for Call of Cthulhu. Oh, wonderful. We have to get these together. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Westerns. I've seen a few, but mm-hmm. I think you folks are really going to take the uh, the discussion here. Yeah. Where do we begin with, with that? <laughs> Whoa there. So just as we were about to release this episode, and I'm not kidding. I mean, like I had this episode mastered, ready to publish 
we got some news, some late breaking Western news that uh, none of us could have really predicted. And that is that the team who brought us the incredible, incomparable Black Dynamite is returning to the black exploitation genre with a Western. It's called The Outlaw Johnny Black, and it's being entirely independently produced. It's crowdfunded, in fact. So there is a lengthy trailer, which apparently they filmed in just a day, which we'll link to on this episode's page, and you can join in and help produce this amazing-looking film. I don't know about you, but I've been following Black Dynamite for a long time. The film, the television series, the comic books. I love Black Dynamite. I thought this was going to be a Black Dynamite 2. There was a release teased that something was happening with the Black Dynamite crew, but the outlaw Johnny Black looks amazing. So, uh, yeah, I just had to stop the presses and inject this thing here now. Outlaw Johnny Black, links on this episode's page. On with the show. Well, where does one begin if, if wanting to get into the Western genre? Let's let's put it this way then. Yeah, if someone says, hey, I've never really seen a Western, what films would you guys recommend? Tombstone. I mean, I, mean, I would yeah. say I'm just start based with Tombstone, on... for sure. Uh, t- Tombstone's going to be an easy introduction because it's actors that you're familiar with, that you still see in modern. current roles, mm-hmm. yeah. except for Bill Paxton, rest in peace. And, uh, you know, you can kind of get pulled into the whole atmosphere and everything that they really delivered on. Uh, I, it's some of those actors best yeah. roles like i wouldn't say necessarily that i think val kilmer is like the best actor in the world but god yeah is he a good talk <laughs> holiday <amazing. laughs> i mean well that and batman they're really close yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no he was a good batman don't 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 do he, that he, he yeah but it's not on par yeah tombstone is your best one i think also because it's historical yeah you know you can, yeah, sure, you can sure. lead with that like, i mean even at the story. end they talk about how a film actor was a pole bearer at Wyatt Earp's funeral. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was a true story like, that yeah. actually happened. Because so. he went to Hollywood afterward, he went to Hollywood and, you mm-hmm. know, did a bunch of Westerns like movies. So it's really weird. And, and even some of the weirdest things that happened in Tombstone are based on fact and eyewitness accounts. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, one to spoil for anyone who hasn't seen it, but there's some stuff you go, that's a little, that almost seems a little cheesy. Like, no, that actually 100% happened. And they said it the way that you just heard them say it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't start with Sergio Leone. I don't no, think. yeah, yeah. not I, even for Clint Eastwood. I think I would put Hang 'Em High ahead of that one. Maybe, yeah. I, I was gonna say I might be the only outlier that says don't start with Tombstone because it's hard to come down from there. Well, well, one <laughs> you, can, you can say sure, sure, yeah, yeah, I could see that. But also, Tombstone is kind of a long movie, mm-hmm. and if you don't really know what you're getting into, and it has an emotional roller coaster, and there's like it's almost suffers from the same problems of Gangs of New York where the subplot, the romance subplot really detracts from the main storyline. I don't go around laughing all day like an idiot, you know? <laughs> By the way, if you haven't seen Tombstone, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> You're not as dumb as you look, Josh. <laughs> well, aside from the setting, what do you think are the significant hallmarks of the Western genre? Well, see, I do, I do actually want to talk about setting. I think a lot of things are Westerns that are not considered that because the setting has changed. Yeah. For instance, a lot of post-apoc. Like post-apocalyptic stuff is definitely Western. Like all Mad Max films? Not, or most Mad Max yeah, films? Most Mad most Max films. <laughs> Beyond Thunderdome, and even Fury Road, I don't I think. I think uh, Book of Eli was basically a Western as it well. It was 100% yeah. a Western, yeah. yeah. The Postman? Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, sure, That's sure. Right. Waterworld was a Western technically, but it was on the ocean. It's true. Well, <laughs> it could have been an Eastern then. We really don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and tagging back to Tombstone, before we forget it, because this also pertains to Waterworld, mm-hmm. both of those films are going to be the subject of our Patreon-exclusive podcast for Lightning Dogs. Ah, uh, yes. Um, Wasteland Drive-In, where we watch. We tend to watch more post-apocalyptic films than not, but also films that help influence the animated series that Doug, Tony, and I are developing, Lightning Dogs. I believe Tombstone is going to be our May 
episode. Oh, fantastic. Mm. That's so, great. Uh, I think you got to include the Postman because that's the Kevin Costner trifecta for Westerns there. Oh, soon. It'll yeah. happen. <laughs> Probably not 2018, but maybe 2019. And especially because Tom Petty's in that movie, right? Yep. Yeah. We, As we have, Shit, I, we got to do it then. <laughs> I've been in the unfortunate camp to having read the book before I saw the film. Hmm. And so I did not enjoy the oh, film oh, very much, but uh, <laughs> but I, I could see how it was much more enjoyable for people who had not read the book. But tagging back to setting, can you have films set in the Old West that aren't Westerns? Uh, I sure, think you can yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think but it has how hard do you have to plot. try? Not very. I don't think it's just it's just an archetype of setting. That's all. It is, I, really. I think it has to do with the writing style too, because yeah. like to be honest, when I think of Django Unchained, like my brain doesn't think Western when I think of Django. Yeah, but it's very it, much a Western. But in my head, I think it mostly because it's got Tarantino just all over it. Tarantino called it a Southern. Like he, like <laughs> yeah. he, he said, it's not really a Western. It's really more like you know a Southern. But it follows a Western archetype. Well, I think oh, it has sure. to do with the plot entirely. Like, well, if, and if you make Wall Street in the 1800s, you know, if you remake a version of Wall Street, it's not a yeah. Western. Would you call is Dances with Wolves a Western? That's a good question. I think it is. I mean, but I think just by the basic tropes, it qualifies. Because I think really, like, like Western is, setting is only part of it. Mm -hmm. And then you've got what the character does, what he goes through. Is it specific to that time period? And if it is, a lot of times it's a Western, even though you can have them outside of that time period. Because Firefly is like a Western, right? Absolutely. I don't think it is. I don't know. Really? Yeah, I don't think it is. You think it's got just the Western curtains, you know, on it. But I think it's just dressing. The wrapping paper, rather. What what about Cowboy Bebop? Cowboy Bebop's not a Western. Cowboy Bebop, well... Bounty Hunters. It's Yeah, but it's Bounty Hunters, but they don't... I guess the closest thing... The reason why people think that Firefly... Firefly was made to be a Western, mm -hmm. and Cowboy Bebop is supposed to be, it run along Western lines, and then the film is noir through and through. Yeah. But it gets by on being a Western just by the fact that people talk with Western accents, <laughs> and it's got the guitar like... Yeah. like and sound effects on everything. And sometimes there's horses. <laughs> right, when really they're just like tracking people down and shooting them, and there's no... Like they're like, oh, you need some stuff for your cows. Let's go help you with the space cows. And that's... yeah, I would say Trigon obviously is the yeah. the yeah. anime western there. Well, what about going back to classics like Sergio? Yeah, yeah I was gonna yeah. say well, <laughs> if you specifically mention that. So those are the most complicated. I and think. and yeah, actually, my wife's favorite trilogy of movies, something she grew wow. up watching with. Like I have a wooden painted picture of Clint Eastwood in my bathroom for a few dollars more. I don't know why. It's actually <laughs> my least favorite of the three. A, but... few, a few dollars more than what? How much did you pay for it? <laughs> uh, well, first it was a few dollars, it, then it was a few dollars more. It yeah. was significantly more than was a, a fist... fistful of dollars. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, which is actually my favorite of the, the mm. trilogy of the Man With No Name trilogy would mm. be Fistful, which is basically Yojimbo. Yeah. I really wish they'd the gotten town. to make that final one a mouthful of dollars. <laughs> Put your money where your mouth is this um, summer. So obviously, I mean, Angel Eyes, one of the coolest characters, mm -hmm. period, even as the bad. And then in a few dollars more as uh, the bounty hunter, just like one of the coolest characters ever, mm -hmm. like to put him on screen. So it, you mean the actor Lee Van Cleef? Yes. Yeah. Yes, just so, and it was like, Angel Eyes? What the fuck are you talking about? It's like, mm -hmm. but no, but yes, Lee Van Cleef. Yeah. Angel Eyes films. would be the equivalence of yeah. the man with no name. Like yeah. that's the names that those two characters are kind yeah. of referred mm -hmm. to, even though he has a, a separate name and Fistful of Dollars. He's just Angel Eyes for me. Yeah. But I think it's really cool to have somebody in a Western opposite of Clint Eastwood and for me to not know which one is cooler. <laughs> yeah, right. Have you seen Have you seen Big Country? I've not, no. In, no. in that film, it's not an amazing film through and through, but in that film, it's one of Clint Eastwood's earliest major pieces of screen time. I'm not sure where exactly it is in his chronology, but very early on, 
he and Gregory Peck have a fist fight in the desert that got real. Like it's one of those like real fights on screen kind of things. Damn. And tumbling through the dunes, two extremely masculine people <laughs> hurting each other. Wow. I've got to see this. No, I've never seen that. That's fantastic. I, folks, uh, I made a mistake. Huh? It was not Clint Eastwood. It was Charlton Heston and Gregory Peck beat oh, the show. Honestly, shit. even better. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't say the outlaw Josie Wales. Oh, like shit. That, no, that, yeah, that would be, I think, yeah. Tombstone and that, I would probably start with those See, two. See, for a listener who's like, you know, I don't really know much about Westerns, and I kind of want... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I want to just, just see what it's all about. Which Cassidy I... and the Sundance Kid. Oh, yeah, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, Back that's... to the Future 3. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid is more of like a bromance that just happens yeah. to be in the West. It's a, it's, it's a it drama. It's an adventure it, it, as well. Yeah. yeah, it's an adventure drama. I would actually say Gary Cooper in High Noon. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The reasoning, because it's an older Western, it's black and white, and this was made at a time when, like in the 1950s, where Westerns were huge on TV and yeah. in films. And if you want to know, like, what was the fervor all about? Like, what was it, you know, whatever. High Noon represents the best Western, the best Western right. of that <laughs> time period to me. And it's Do you still... think they, they, all these movies at that time period came together for a Western union? <laughs> sure. So Gary Cooper in High Noon is a sheriff. He just gets married to Grace Kelly. It's the beginning of the movie. And he's like, I'm retiring. I'm off. It's been great. It's been real. But we're out of here. And all of a sudden, a guy runs in. He's like, sheriff, sheriff. So-and-so has just got out of jail. And he's on his way here right now. And the entire town is like, fuck. Like, the emotion, just the door falls out. Like, just just completely for everyone. Everyone's like, what do we do? What do we do? And he's like, well, um, the best thing I can do for everyone's safety is to leave. Uh, and so we got to go. So they start leaving. And as they're getting on the carriage, like, all right, just go leave now. And he immediately leaves with his new wife. And then he stops. And he's like, no, I got to go back. And I have to stop this guy because if he gets here and I'm not here, he might kill everybody. And you slowly find out that Gary Cooper put him away. And he was a, he's a sociopath. He's a, he's a nutcase. And he says, if I ever get out, I'm coming here. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill everyone that tries to stop me and everything. I'm going to come with my gang. So he says, oh my gosh, him and his gang are coming. And it's a fact. They are coming. They're going to be here on the noon train. And the moment he decides to stay, he says, who's going to help me form a posse where I need, I need to deputize some people? Who's going to stand with me? Nobody stands with him because this is, they're like the ultimate badasses that are coming. And the rest of the movie almost exactly plays out in real time leading, up to, uh, leading up to the showdown at noon where he has nobody helping him. And what the fuck is he going to do? And the stakes are so high and it's just like the tension is just like nonstop because he's walking around. There's always a clock in the background and someone's seen. So you start to go, 
shit, man, he hasn't got a lot of time. And then he gets someone to join up, and then they go, well, well, no one else is joining up? Well, come get me when more people show up. And everyone starts saying that, and it's heartbreaking. And it's it, But it's, it's a fantastic film. And from there, if you can just make it through the first two minutes where they start playing an old honky-tonk cowboy sort of thing, make it through the first two minutes, and if you can watch that movie and enjoy it, you are then set up for Westerns for the next 50 years because mm-hmm. you know where it started. At least that's my opinion. This kind of western, to yeah. Take away yeah. from serials, because then, like yeah, because because if you if you start with that, you can then do like the John Ford westerns, like the Searchers or something. Mm. You can do the John Wayne westerns, and you can see where it all came from, and then you can move on to Sergio Leone, and then from there you eventually work your way uh, to Outlaw Josie Wales, uh, Hang 'em Hang 'em High, and uh, High Plains Drifter, and then you have to end it. However many you decide to watch, I'd say start with High Noon. Watch how many you want. Maybe sprinkle it in there. You get you get Tombstone in there. But whatever, whenever you, when you decide to end it. <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. End it with Unforgiven. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you must end it with Unforgiven. Yeah, Unforgiven is... To say anything about it is going to ruin how it feels to watch it. Yeah. (laughs) It was Clint Eastwood's... At the time when he made it, he's this is the last Western I'm ever going to make. And people were like, oh, he's already kind of old. And that's the point. It is his goodbye to Westerns, and it's probably one of the finest ones. It's like... I, there's so much I could say about it that would, but it would be ruining things about it. Well, I'll say that it is the first western I ever saw mm-hmm. where I believe that these people were real. Yes, because there's so much killing and violence that happens in westerns, and this is the first one I saw where it's like they acknowledge that you have to be an asshole, and even if you are an asshole, if you're the biggest asshole who did that, you know, this is now it's 20 years later, and you got nightmares, and you're, you know, you're yeah. dealing with all this stuff. It's a hell of a thing killing a man. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really bad, but it's also super good. You know what? I have not talked to anyone about, and I don't know if anyone's seen it. I really enjoyed the new Magnificent Seven movie. It's not... I heard good things. It's not, it's not on par with Tombstone or anything like that, but I thought it was fun. I started watching it, but I haven't got my way through it. I think I even own it and i haven't finished it i I wasn't a fan it's hard to remake a classic which was already a remake of a classic yeah (laughs) i I didn't like the original well the original magnificent seven but like seven samurai i mean i'm just so spoiled like it's so good it's it's like a machine that keeps feeding itself because it's like magnificent seven's remake of magnificent seven which was a western remake of seven samurai which seven samurai was made by akira kurosawa who was a fan of john ford's western films yes and filmed it as such and then you get a bug's life. <laughs> yeah, and then there's a I bug's say, life. What, my favorite, I think you guys all know this, my favorite remake of Seven Samurai is the Samurai Jack episodes two and three. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Um, yeah. Where he helps the dogs, the dogs yeah, yeah. prepare against the, the oncoming bugs. But before we get too far away from um, High Noon, so I've never seen High Noon. You, oh, you, you have to. I just watched High Plains Drifter. Yeah. And I just oh. watched How High. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I've never seen it. Uh, uh, I, was, I was hoping you could tell me How High. <laughs> which is almost the same plot as High Noon, except there's this weird mystery of like... Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Because basically the guys are getting out of prison. They're on their way in. And within like three minutes of coming into this town, Clint Eastwood kills three people while he's getting a haircut and rapes a woman. Like, that's like the first three minutes of this mm. movie. And Ouch. immediately I was just like, oh, this is different than the rest of, you know, because it's not part of the trilogy, really. Uh, it's just another man with no name. But it's basically that someone was killed by this gang. And now you don't really know if this is like his brother or like a ghost of vengeance that's come back. And the town hires him to defend them against the guys that are coming. And he basically just 
throughout the entire movie just screws the town over further and further and further and further and just just totally ruins this town because they give him free reign like he's king of this town and then when the guys finally get there he leaves <laughs> he's not even there when the Jesus. when the gang shows up and just ruins the town it's not until the town is like in ashes that he shows up that and, sounds similar and takes the i don't think the guys out i don't think i'd ever seen that all the way through but that reminded me of what pale rider with eastwood where he's once again is a mysterious character where you're not even sure if he's like a spirit of vengeance or like some dude who was almost killed and same thing for hang him high Clint Eastwood's really good at playing a guy who you think is dead, then he comes back and you're not sure if he's a ghost. Well, <laughs> you, you're pretty sure in Hang'em High he's not a ghost. Sh- sure, yeah. But there are characters in Hang'em High that are not sure if he's yeah. a ghost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know exactly what he's doing. But, uh, but they thought they killed him, and you know they didn't. The thing about Unforgiven, though, I, was, I, I can't remember who it was. It was another filmmaker talking about his love for Unforgiven, and he linked it back to something I'd never noticed before. Is the, the reason why Westerns are so popular, at least according to the theory, was that in the 1950s and 60s, man was going into space for the first time, and this was like a new frontier. Oh. Westerns represented that old new frontier of like, there's no law out here, and you, a man can make his own way, and you know the we have to cling together, and it's the best of you know humanity when it works, and when it doesn't, it's really bad. And and since space kind of was the same thing, but in the future, you can look at a western as like an allegory for going into outer space or settling other planets. Mm-hmm. But Unforgiven is like the answer to that as well. Is right. like you know if if High Noon is one end of the spectrum, Unforgiven is the other end of the spectrum. Not in terms of quality, but in terms of what it's saying. Yeah, and we haven't really even, we just like mentioned the trilogy. What, what do you guys what do you guys think about the uh, Man with No Name trilogy? I mean, when I when I grew up, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly was just one of the coolest movies ever like even mm. the ugly is so cool sometimes <laughs> he's sitting in the bathtub and the guy's talking all this crap and then he blows him away and he's like if you're gonna shoot shoot don't talk like, <laughs> he's, it's my, just, he's my favorite character he's great man. he's great when he goes into the the gunsmith and just takes four guns out takes them all apart and builds one super gun mm-hmm. it's not even a super gun it's just a gun <laughs> but, yeah but to his specification yeah exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> And he just asks for ammo, and this poor guy is just giving him the ammo, and then he just takes the gun. I have a hard time with The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly because of the long Civil War Oh, my part. God. Yeah. I just want to skip it, it every time. It ruins the movie for the me. The whole weird, like, crossing the water and blowing the bridge thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a weird... And just everybody's drunk. It's and like, so <sighs> weird. But also, the, the, it's funny because now it makes me realize it's identical to the problem I have with the movie Captain America Civil War, where the long Civil War part in the middle, just take it out, you got a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> but we have not mentioned the best Western. What's Incredible that? rates, clean beds, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, blazing saddles. I mean, come on. I actually oh, was going to oh, mention yeah. it earlier. Good job. Great, Good job. Thank you for bringing it up. Oh, yeah. my yeah. gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's the best Western. Like, uh, Five stars. Uh, yeah, if Unforgiven kind of shows westerns in like a light of like oh that was also fake these are real people and what it was really like mm. blazing saddle says the same thing by satire yeah and it's <laughs> wonderful absolutely fantastic like gene wilder but this is my shooting hand <laughs> <laughs> for the listeners at home pull was wiggling his hand <laughs> so that's about time for us now these are short shows, but I think we could probably, you could do a whole damn podcast, a quality no, totally podcast could. of that, uh, totally exploring could. the history of the Western in all its forms. Thank you, Anti-Luke. Thank you so much for provoking this conversation. And uh, if you want to keep conversations going with us, you can head to the Nerdy Show Lounge, which is a Facebook group we run, formerly a, a Patreon-exclusive group, but now open to the world. So just uh, search Nerdy Show Lounge on Facebook and go find us. But if you would like to support us, if you like this episode, if you like the shows we do, do head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. 
There you will find a plethora of perks, including early releases for all kinds of stuff and behind-the-scenes content, outtakes, some outtakes from uh, from Ghostbusters. It's just Briggs stammering for like an hour. <laughs> no, having, having to read from something. How often do I do that? Not a lot. It, it's, outtakes are more more likely mini scenes that I cut out for time. Was it the or one where diverging. I kept messing up the lines and I kept screaming fuck over and over again? For no, like that's, 30... in, that's in an episode. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Is the one where a pool had to run to the closet and hide and Mike had to go? That's in an episode too. Was that, oh, that was. Ghostbusters yeah. Resurrection is our Ghostbusters role-playing podcast where we play the original 1980s Ghostbusters role-playing system and turn it into an audio drama with music and sound effects. The series is currently on hiatus, but as you can tell, we're still recording shows, and we don't have a date when they're going to come back. I assume that you out there were wondering that. <laughs> but when we do, you will find out about it first by following our social feeds. And, um, geez, Doug, if, if we had, like, an episode done, would we release it to patrons first, even before we made a calculated push to the uh Certainly, to the because we're going to have a whole bunch finished and backlogged <laughs> like yeah because we don't so. we don't want to like relaunch ghostbusters until no. we know until that it's going to stay on schedule a yeah. backlog of finished episodes so if we finish episodes certainly patrons are going to get them yeah first they're going into a vault the patrons have access to that vault. interesting interesting okay well that hasn't happened yet but it could happen soon <laughs> thanks so much for listening bye i'm cap bye i'm doug uh, i'm briggs adam <laughs> <laughs> do it leave that one in i can't i don't know why every single time i say my name i get scared bye i'm josh <laughs> and i'm paul adios muchachos acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend the Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.